thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to another edition of 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. My name is Marcus Pierce, and I am here with the fabulous, sensational co-founder of The Wellness Couch and The Wellness Guys. He is a dead set legend. He is Dr. Damien Christoph. Hi there, Damo. Hello, Marcus. How are you, mate? Mate, I am super. Just loving hearing your voice on the other end of the Skype line. Damo, I really want to have a chat to you, my great friend. I think you are a very optimistic person and I've been learning a lot about optimism uh, recently. been doing a fair bit of research into it and just learning how important it is into how well we age, the quality of our aging, whether we're 20, 30, 40, 50, the difference between optimism and pessimism. And I thought, let's chat about it on 100 Not Out. Great idea, mate, because it is. It's a big thing. You find the people with the most amount of stinking thinking or craniodigitorectalitis, as John Martini likes to call it, <laughs> they, they tend to age very fast. They don't age great, gracefully. They're in pain. Life's painful. You know, They wake up sad. They're grumpy when they go to bed, and um, they don't age well, and often people don't want to be around them. And what we've, what we've learned this, haven't we? People with purpose, people with passion, people with inspiration, and people who exercise tend to live the longest. And if you're grumpy... You're not going to attract many people around you, so you're probably going to lack a bit of purpose. You might lack a bit of passion. You're better off flipping the coin and being happy, I say. Well, let's get into the nitty-gritty of this. I'm curious, Damo, in your daily life as a practicing chiropractor, how do you – can you – do you notice a difference in, in how, you know, say your optimistic patients would adjust compared to your pessimistic patients? Or not just how they adjust but the results they get. Like do you – can you think of like clinical kind of – Memories or, or you know, like, no, do you note? Do you notice that when in your patients? Oh yeah, absolutely. You can feel it. You can feel it. Those people with stinking thinking, they really do struggle. They struggle big time with uh, with being adjusted. Often their adjustments can be a little bit painful. You know, they they don't take them really well. They still feel the benefit. They know that it's good for them, but they don't always feel they're hard. Let's just say they're hard to adjust. But the people who are happy. And they see life as easy and joyful and something to get out of it and, you know, that they're on fire and inspired and all those sorts of things. I tend to find that they're very easy to adjust and, and, and it's, it, it is definitely a different exchange with those people than with the negative people. When I say exchange, the energy exchange, so the exchange for me um, with the adjustment that I give them and for them with the energy that they give back to me just from receiving the adjustment is very different to that person who is negative versus the optimistic person. Um, and that, that makes it it's a big difference for me as a practitioner um, dealing with happy people than sad people. And, and, and I think, you know, just in my own experience in, in practice, in, in being with people is also that I would say a more optimistic patient is far more likely to take your recommendations and, and go and act on them. Yes. And a pessimistic person is likely to be more stubborn, more closed-minded, more um, sceptical um, and not so willing to take your recommendations, which is obviously going to impact on their results as well. 
I'd say so. Absolutely agree. Absolutely yeah. agree. So a lot of a lot of you know when we talk about optimism these days, a lot of it really comes from, and he is a world leader, uh, world leading psychologist, is a fellow by the name of Martin Seligman. A lot of people listening may have heard of um, Seligman. They may have read his book Learned Optimism, um, but he also coined the term learned helplessness, um, where a lot of people these days now just we think that we can't do something, and it's almost like we believe it to a point where we just say I can't do that or I'm no good at that, and it's almost like we don't understand the power of our words and how um, disempowering they are and a lot of it's been because we've just um, believed over time or learned over time a lot of the time from the mass media that we actually can't do something whereas we actually can and don't you think aging is a lot like that we've really just been taught by the media that aging is meant to be a decrepit undignified time of our lives where you know as we get older um and so people do become quite pessimistic about the aging process yeah absolutely they do and we've been talking about this almost every podcast we talk about this and this is the reason why we do have to not add is to try and reshape that isn't it mate and this is it. Like, if, if people are pessimistic about aging, you know, Seligman's research shows that optimists, you know, they outperform pessimists on their on aptitude tests. They get sick less frequently. They recover faster when they do get ill. And even from a financial perspective, optimists uh, have been researched to make significantly more money than pessimists. But then, and, and I'm sure if someone's listening and they're like, you know, well, I think I'm quite pessimistic, a pessimist would be quite angry at some of the things that have already been said because... <laughs> would they? But, yeah, well, you know, that's yeah. a, but that's a pessimist, isn't it? Like yeah. a pessimist is more likely to be defensive about anything that you say, whereas an optimist is more likely to be somewhat more open Um or less um, influenced by other by other people's you know perceptions because I don't know if it's a self confidence or a self belief thing, but a pessimist is much more likely to be more sensitive um, about items. But I just think it's it's interesting, Damo, because a lot of people at the same time when when I talk about the difference between optimists and pessimists, a lot of people think that you have to be optimistic about everything. But I know I don't know about you, Damo, but I would think that you are. Uh, if we were to coin you, I would say you were an optimist. And I know that I am an optimist, but I know that my optimism um, at times has been a terrible trait in that I've missed out on a lot of um, detail because I've been so optimistic that I have failed to um, look at the detail. So a pessimist is more likely to, they're more likely to see the challenges, the difficulties in a situation, which is actually a really good thing. But as an optimist, I'd more likely be like, no, 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 like, keep going, move on. It's you know, it's almost like that's not important. But there has to be an integration of of optimism and pessimism. Yes, yes, that's true. A bit of a balance, I think. A bit of a balance, I think, is important. But I, you know what happens? I think what we tend to find is that you, many people try to remain optimistic at the expense of what you just said. We mentioned was the detail. But many people also remain optimistic um, and ignore other factors that may seem to be slightly pessimistic, but that could also be just you know warning signs. So I think it's important to be open to all of those things but remain true to being on the positive side of life, which would be optimism. That's yeah. the way in which I do it. Yeah. But it, 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 you know, in being a little bit grey in that area, like, you know, I'm, I'm probably a little bit beige, a little bit grey in that area. Um, <laughs> not boring, you know, but just I tend to be a little bit cautious to not be overly optimistic because I've been overly optimistic in the past and to be certainly not pessimistic because I think at times I've been in pessimistic um, periods of my life. But it's it's very easy to 
be pulled down the track of pessimism if you don't actively, mindfully move in the direction of optimism. Does that make sense? Oh, that's, that is a massive factor and yeah. I'm so glad you said that because many people become pessimistic without even realizing it. Don't they? Don't you know, they? Especially about aging but in, in so many parts of life. Like, you know, we're both parents, but I see that with parents and and with parenting. A lot of people almost become pessimistic about the role of parenting. It's so hard. Oh, I'm so tired. There's so much to do. The kids don't stop. I'm like, (laughs) it's a joy. Have we just, aren't we just looking at it at one side? Like, everything has two sides, right? The two sides of the coin being optimism and pessimism. I think what we're both saying is it's important to integrate, but everyone probably, you know, leans one side more than the other. But we have to recognize that we have a choice, don't we? We have a choice in every single area of our life whether we're to be optimistic or pessimistic. We absolutely do. You know, a lot of people actually wake up in the morning and they think they're going to have a bad day, so they have a bad day. And there's other people on the flip side of the corner who go, I'm going to have a great day today. Today's a great day. Or you don't even think about having a great day. You just have a great day because that's just the life that you live. But you do have a choice with that and you do get to choose your mood. You can be happy or you can be yep. sad. You can be grumpy. You can be mad. You know, it's. But can I interrupt you for a moment, Damo? Yep. You and I both know Ten. that a pessimist, okay, mm-hmm. would argue that point that you can choose to have a bad day or you can choose to have a good day. Well, we've seen and that, I'm... haven't we? We've seen that. We, we've seen that. We. We did a seminar. We did a seminar uh, recently where somebody said something relatively contentious. Um, the optimists in the room loved what this person said, and the pessimists in the room took quite exception to what she said. Do you know, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah I do. Yeah. Um, we see it. Do you want to share it? No, I don't. I really don't. Just in case some of those pessimists are listening to this. Well, look, if anyone wanted to see it, they could go to Facebook and trawl through certain yeah, pages anyway. Yeah, we know. Um, just be an internet troll. Do that. But, but. <laughs> no, nah, but in a nice way. Yeah. It, oh, I said trawl. I said trawl. Like go trawling through the, yes. through the Facebook. No, page. don't even worry about it because only the pessimists would do that. So if you, if you feel like doing that, that means you're probably on the pessimistic side and you're going to age ungracefully. So if you're worried about aging ungracefully, don't go trolling through Facebook. <laughs> so then, though, uh, in, in keeping to the topic, which I'm desperately trying to do here, yes, you are. Right, when it is yes, easy to be pessimistic, like, I oh, know, if I don't get a great night's sleep, yes. I can, and, and I wake up, and, and especially if I haven't exercised, like, I know my recipe for pessimism. Oh, do you? Like, essentially, it's get a late night, go to bed late, get up too early, don't exercise. <laughs> um, yes. Don't eat breakfast. Don't, don't eat. Don't eat breakfast or, or rush in the morning. Yes. Um, don't don't make a great phone call or listen to a great podcast on the way into work. Instead, listen to the radio and get caught listening to ads or the news, which I really don't like. You've actually missed um, a couple of crucial things there, mate. Which I would have thought would have set your day up. Yep. Three second kisses. If you don't get a three second kiss. Oh yes. Cuddle, cuddles from the kids. Yeah, if the kids are crying. Kids. Yeah. If, if you leave home in the morning and the kids are crying and you're like, oh, what a great way to leave the house with <laughs> the kids crying, and your wife is just working hard to keep the peace in amongst the kids. Yep. You're spot on. You can see the recipe for pessimism, and pretty much the opposite of everything we just said is the recipe for for optimism. But then, Damo, this is where I get a bit excited. Because, again, as a young buck, I'm 32, uh, learning a lot about the world. You look at people that have lived a good life, a long life, and they go, you know what? It's easy to be optimistic when things are great. That's true. When you fall in love 
it's not hard to be optimistic. Yeah. When you're in great health, it's not hard to be optimistic. Yes. But when the SHIT hits the fan, yes, Ooh, and you have swear. to, or 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 yeah. when you've got a big challenge in life and yeah. you have to really unearth and display your resilience, that's when your optimism is tested. Yes. So then Seligman, you know, and again, I, this is not my own stuff. This is Seligman stuff. Optimism or, or resilience is if you have resilience and everyone has resilience, it's just how often do we use it? Resilience is a function of optimism. So to be optimistic is just that you may as well be saying is to be resilient. People that are more pessimistic throughout most areas of life are people that are more likely to just judge straight away, give up straight away, not take two steps, only take one step, yep. but not actually go the extra mile to actually go, you know what, let me give it a chance. Because most people that are optimistic have actually, they've been on both sides, they've gone through the struggle, but then they've come out the other end and, and said, what a fabulous experience. Yeah. Yeah, great point. That's a great point. I know of a guy who had testicular cancer, and he saw this as um, God's message. So he's an optimist. God's message to him to make good in the world. And he went on to release a number one Australian best song, like having won um, Australia, Australia's Got Talent. Like he... He's gone on to do amazing things, uh, and you know he's in the public arena. Everybody knows him, Andrew De Silva. Andrew De Silva, amazing, amazing. Okay, well, hold on. Let's talk about another patient of yours. Can I say this? I don't know. I don't know if you can say my patient. He's not a patient. Andrew's Andrew's not a patient. No, 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 no. no, no. I was going to say the voice. Ah, oh, well, well, isn't it amazing that they all come from Sandringham? Isn't that incredible? But uh, come on, tell the story. Damo. What's what's the story? Oh, Har- uh, with Harrison. Craig. Yeah, yeah, with Harrison. Yeah, what about him? Tell people listening. Tell them the story because not everyone's going to know the story about Harrison. How he stutters. Yes, and, and in terms of what that would mean for someone who had an optimistic mindset or a pessimistic mindset, and how it didn't stop him, did it? No. Look, Harrison has the most beautiful mother. She is gorgeous, Janine. Um, just a beautiful soul and beautiful grandmother, and uh, and a you know, gorgeous brother, little Connor. And as a family unit, they're really, really tight. Always look at the good stuff. Like they don't, they try not to get bogged down in the bad stuff and some bad stuff's happened to them in their life. And it's very, very, it's sad. But these guys just continue to rise above. They're like the cream that rises to the top. They're excellent. And, 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 and look, Harrison had a very, very bad stutter. And exactly the same as Andrew De Silva, who had a very, very bad stutter. And uh, found that the only way that he, both of them could actually communicate effectively and well was to sing. And they could both sing beautifully. And uh, obviously, um, Andrew went on to win um, Australia's Got Talent. And, uh, and Harrison went on to win The Voice. And both of these boys, I know. And, 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 and they live in Sandringham in Victoria, which I think is just <laughs> incredible, you know. How good is that? But uh, you, you couldn't achieve those sorts of things if you had stinking thinking. You know, if you thought that um, stuttering was a life sentence and that you were never going to be able to read, write, communicate, then uh, maybe you would probably be stuck in um, humdrum mentality and you wouldn't get anywhere. But these boys, um, through their will as well as the will of their family, have gone on to make massive changes in their world and in their life and the lives of other people. And is it great, Damo, that they both get adjusted? I love that. Oh, no, Andrew's not a patient, sorry. You said no, Andrew's, Andrew's not a patient. Yeah, no, yep. Andrew's not a patient. Um, but you said, you know, there's two things there. So resilience, okay, which we've spoken about, they've come out on top. So clearly there's resilience there. But the other factor is, and, and we haven't spoken about this yet, is is that um, 
the uh, this is a, just another concept that you mentioned uh, briefly is that an optimistic person is far more likely to see challenges as a short term problem. Yes. Whereas pessimism is more likely to see things as a rest of my life or a long term problem. So yeah. when you're talking about what had happened with, uh, say, Harrison Stutter, yes. he didn't see it as something that. It didn't become part of a story where this is something I've got for the rest of my life. I can't do this. I can't do that. Mm-hmm. He didn't let it stop him doing anything. Same with Andrew De Silva. Whereas there'd be plenty of people out there that have a stutter that say, "Well, I can't do this because of my stutter, and I can't do that because of my stutter." And then if we're talking about this from an aging perspective, how many people say, "I can't do. I can't travel because of my age. I can't exercise because of my age. I can't do this because of my age." And a lot of that is because they're Again, they've been taught that when they have a condition or they have a something, that they're not um, allowed to achieve their full potential. And again, it's important to recognize, are we buying into an optimistic belief where we see challenges as short-term problems that do have solutions or are we buying into a pessimistic belief where we believe that something that has occurred to us um, is going to be with us for the rest of our lives and we can do nothing about it? Mm-hmm. So there's plenty to think about there. Dame, I just want to ask you briefly, um, and again, this is a lot of what I've been learning in regards to, and I know I'm talking your language here, neuroplasticity. Oh, yeah, it's great, isn't it? Okay, so, and just maybe because you're the doctor on the program or the chiropractor and the naturopath on the program, maybe you can just define for listeners exactly what is neuroplasticity and then maybe we can just join a few dots to then explain why it's relevant because an optimistic or a pessimistic person is is not doomed to be pessimistic. They don't have to be pessimistic their whole life no matter what their age. Same with an optimistic person. doesn't mean they're going to be optimistic for their whole entire life and neuroplasticity would obviously have something to do with that. Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's such a great call, big guy, because what we do know about the nervous system, we used to think that the nervous system didn't repair itself. So we used to think that the nervous system, once it had developed, that was it. And then if anything got damaged, then it was gone for good. What we do know these days is that the nerves can regenerate and we can actually replasticize our nerves and our brain to reconfigure or to acknowledge new information. So we can learn. And you know this to say you can't teach an old dog new tricks. That was part of what we we understood with the nervous system was that the brain couldn't change as you got older or it couldn't change once it had been set. But what we now picture the brain doing is actually switching channels. Like it literally it grabs a you know a neuron, will move and, and find another synapse with another neuron in the brain to create a whole new level of communication, a whole new memory and a whole new skill. And the skills that we pick up you know everything from playing a guitar to singing to speaking a language um, to the way in which we communicate or the way in which we think uh, all involve neuroplasticity and neuroplasticity, which is indeed a buzzword, which I know you mentioned before. But MP, but uh, what what I'd love everyone who's listening to this to understand is that if you make a decision to be optimistic, your brain will configure in such a way that if your choice is to be eternally optimistic, your brain will configure in a way that it drives you towards positivity. How if, awesome is that? Oh, it's the best. It's the best. And the way we know this is because we measure using EEG, which is electroencephalo or encephalo, electro, electroencephalogram. And, uh, and so we measure the electrical activity in the brain and we can actually see that when something changes in your life or a pattern, new pattern emerges in your lifestyle, uh, new areas in your brain start to get colored. And I think that's 
that's incredible. That's that incredible. is. So you can teach an old dog new tricks. There's yes. so much gold. You are just so wise, Damo. Yeah. I could listen to you all day. It's not me. It's not me. The information's out there. And look, you think about all the things that you've had a chance to read over the last week just with regards to this whole topic. Enormous amounts just in this last week, let alone all the other times you've been researching optimism and, and pessimism and resilience. Like You think about all the things that you've learned and all the things that we could share. We just combined... You know, the, the, the collectiveness is amazing. So, you know, <laughs> no, but not no. just us, not just us. I'm talking about everyone who's listening to this. Anyone, everyone who's listening to this. You know, there's things that we're speaking about today that people know more about than what we do. So, you know, there's so much great information out there. And and again, there is so much to be optimistic about. It just depends on what side of the coin you want to focus on. And yeah. so just really, again, if all, again, I love my research, and I, but I love my anecdotal evidence, and then I love living it as well. And, and we've got enough anecdotal evidence by the guests that we've interviewed. We've got enough research by everything that we've shared on the podcast today. But if we can teach an old dog new tricks, which, again, we can, if we can live with a mindset where we see challenges as short-term problems with solutions rather than long-term, lifelong problems, and we don't buy into the belief that um, that we that, that aging is not something to look forward to, that we make sure that we do stay resilient and that we do um, make sure that we are looking forward to the rest of our lives, yeah. then the recipe's right there, isn't it? And it's yeah. just so important to, um, again, be conscious of the recipe. Damo, I've got to say thank you, mate. I just love picking your brain on things like this and, again, turning it into the physiological realm with the whole neuroplasticity, just fantastic. And I think it's very confidence-building for people to hear that as well. Yeah, hey, why don't we just, as we finish this off, why don't we just uh, say some one-liners um, and then put the positive spin on it. So I'll say some pessimistic one-liners. You put the positive spin on it. Uh, <laughs> let's have a go. What do you reckon? All right, let's here we it. go. Okay. Uh, I can't do that because of my age. Well, don't I can do that because of my age. I'm 75. I can be like Ruth Heydrich and go and uh, run 67 marathons if I want to. <laughs> you don't tell me I can't do it because of my age. Oh, well, maybe I'm just having a senior moment. Oh, well, maybe you just forgot something temporarily. Just because you forgot something doesn't mean it's because of your age. Maybe you're just having a moment. Oh, but I'm not what it used to be. Damo, you're everything and more. Oh, uh, well, you know. Look, I really can't because I'm too old. Mate, you're fabulous at 75, Damo. <laughs> 75. <laughs> Turn 40 soon, mate. Anyway, that's all right. I'm getting old fast. I can't remember anything anymore. Maybe I need more fish oil. Maybe you need more fish oil and a glass of water and a deep breath, Damo. Maybe. My memory is going. Yeah, well, um, your memory's... <laughs> you have a wonderful memory, don't you? You have a fabulous memory. Uh, thanks for all the compliments. It's really nice. Uh, I'm over the hill. Damo, how old can you be to be over the hill? You don't have to get to about 500 to be over the hill. That's true. And that'll never happen. That's true. I like that. Everything was easy when I was younger, I've got to tell you. Yeah, I've, I've heard about your life when you were younger and you were doing things that you shouldn't have been. So I would say that everything's easier as you are as you, as you are now. Well, surely my best days are behind me. Damo, I would love to say, and I would like to encourage you to recognize that your best days are in front of you, great man. <laughs> All right, high five for that one. Thanks, Anthony. High five. Thank you, Damo. I hope uh, well and truly that you've enjoyed this edition of 100 Not Out. Remember, folks, we love to hear your feedback. There are a number of ways you can provide it. The best way is to go to the website, www.thewellnesscouch.com forward slash 100 Not Out. Also, remember, if you've liked this episode, then please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Give us a five-star rating if you think we deserve one. Check out thewellnesscouch.com where you can view the entire range of wellness podcasts available, including that number one show, Damo. Most the wellness guys. So until next week, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. 
This has been a production of TheWellnessCouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on Facebook.com forward slash TheWellnessCouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.